Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Back and better than ever. And here we go. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Great guests today on the Goodyear Hotline, headlined by Mark Cuban, who will join me in 15 minutes. One of the most interesting people in or out of sports, but we have... We have the green list today. We have a million things in the hopper, but we just had huge breaking news in the last 10 minutes on Get Up from Shefty. Here we go! Go, go! Only one place to start. And that one place that we start is with Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and it is Adam Schefter with the breaking news just moments ago that Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. Does it change everything from what we thought we knew? Not really. We thought we knew that this was going to be the way it went. But it's not done until it's done, and now it has been done. Deshaun Watson has not been returning the phone calls of the owner. He has not been returning the phone calls of the man they've put at the apex of the organization, a guy named Jack Easterby, who seems to be a big part of the problem for a lot of people. He has not been responding to the new general manager, Nick Casario. And now, as of last night, they hired a new head coach, David Culley, who comes over from the Ravens. There was all of this news that he apparently has a good relationship with Sean Watson. Well, that does not seem to have changed anything. Deshaun Watson, Shafty reporting just moments ago, has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. And so I immediately followed up with him in all the obvious ways. Deshaun Watson has a no-trade clause. So he has the ability to, to some degree, dictate where he goes doesn't mean he gets to pick and choose. He is not a free agent. He is, in fact, under contract for multiple seasons. The Texans' first option can be they don't have to trade him. He can want to be traded. They can refuse, just steadfastly refuse to trade him. What they're telling people right now is that they don't want to. I think ultimately they will. But one option, in theory, is just not to trade him and make it a question of you're either going to retire or you're going to play for us. Now, I have no idea what would happen in that scenario. But if Deshaun is going to go nuclear, the organization could go nuclear as well. Let me make 100% clear before we start. I'm on Deshaun Watson's side 100 out of 100 times. I love him. Anyone who listens to this show or listens to my old one knows how much I love Deshaun. He hosted Get Up With Me a couple of times when we first launched the show. He is a terrific young man, and he's an unbelievable player. He's everything you want your quarterback to be. Because a quarterback is more than a football player. The quarterback is your, your, the, your franchise. Like when you put up a picture of your franchise, you don't put the, anymore the logo. If you have a guy like him, you just put up a picture of him. We are the Houston Watsons. And somehow they screwed that up this badly. And that's a whole other conversation. But the organizational disaster that that is, is, I mean, it's criminal. I, I don't even know what else to say. You dream about getting a guy like that. There are two kinds of teams in football, the ones who have a quarterback like Deshaun Watson and the ones who would do anything to get one. So if you get one and he's 25 years old and he's coming off one of the best seasons anyone's ever had, and that is not an exaggeration, despite the fact that the team was 4-12, and and you screwed this up this badly, you really need to look in the mirror. But that's a different discussion. The discussion that I think is most interesting to most football fans is where does he wind up going? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. I'm reminded of Carson Palmer a generation ago deciding he was done in Cincinnati. And Mike Brown and the Bengals dug in. And they said, we're not trading you. And he retired. And he was out of the sport for a period of time. How long was he out, Nuno or Bubba? Someone tell me, my, how long was Carson Palmer out 
before he wound up then being traded where he wanted to go to the Raiders, who gave up a ton for him, and he wound up coming back, and he had a very successful next act. He was in Oakland, then he was in Arizona. You know what happened. So I don't think that's what's going to happen here, but it is an option. They don't have to trade him. Now, he has a no-trade clause, so let's say they do come to the conclusion that the best thing for the organization is to trade him, which is what I think will happen. If I'm them, the last thing I want to do is trade him in the division. So while you look at Indianapolis and you say every quarterback would love to go there for a million reasons, if you're Houston, you cannot trade him to Indianapolis. You cannot have him beating you twice a year. And that, that would be the worst scenario in this, no matter what they offer you. So the question then is, are you willing to trade him in the conference? I mean, you've got to get the best package in return that you can. So go to the obvious suspects. And the New York Jets have a ton that they can offer. They have five first-round picks in the next three years. Do I have that right? Yes, two and two and one. They have, they have uh, five first-round picks in the next three years. So they have a ton that they could offer. The Miami Dolphins have the Texans' first-round pick. The number three pick in the draft, which currently belongs to Miami, they got from the Texans in a trade for Laramie Tunsil. So the Texans, who don't have a first- or second-round pick this year because of that trade, they could look at Miami. And that's a place that I think a lot of players are interested in going right now. They also could offer, in return, in theory, a young, dynamic quarterback that Houston might be excited to build around, and and that would, of course, be Tua. So that is one of the possibilities we will hear. So it was the offseason. So let me circle back quickly. He retired. So you're telling me he retired for like six, seven months. He, he didn't even miss more than two months of a season is basically what happened is what you're saying. He didn't miss a year or anything. He just missed two months of a season as far as actual games. Yeah, Bubba, he retired what, in the summer, and re- then um, Jason Campbell got hurt for the Raiders, and then the Raiders traded for Palmer to bring him to Oakland. Okay, so he didn't miss as much time as I thought I remembered. But either way, that, that happened once. Thank you, Bubba. What, they, they, there was once a quarterback who retired because the team wouldn't trade him. Again, I, I only bring that up for context. I don't think that's what's going to happen here. I think Deshaun is going to get traded. So, the Jets, the Dolphins... You know, if I'm Houston, I'm trying as hard as I can to trade him to the NFC. Get him out of my conference if I can. So now we look at the NFC. You're going to hear the name the Chicago Bears a lot, which would be the ultimate irony because the Bears legendarily passed on him once in order to take Mitchell Trubisky. Let's not let's not revisit that. The Bears are a team that I think he might be interested in playing for. They have a Super Bowl caliber defense. They have better players on that offense than people realize. The question is whether they will still have the best of them, and that's Allen Robinson, who's a free agent receiver. If you're going to get to Sean Watson, maybe Robinson wants to stay, and, and maybe there's some connection between those. I don't know. That's going to be a place you're going to hear. You're going to hear all the usual suspects in the NFC. Everyone wants to go to San Francisco. I don't know why everyone wouldn't want to go to New Orleans. There'll be a million different options. How about Dallas? How about the Cowboys? Some kind of sign-and-trade deal you could do with Dak. So this quarterback carousel, which is going to be unbelievable this offseason, and we have the official Greeny carousel music. Oh, I love it. Well done, Bubs. I like it. This is the official theme of the quarterback carousel, which is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen in football. And we're going to be covering it most of this day 
here on ESPN Radio. We will make a departure from it next. Mark Cuban is one of the most interesting people that you can possibly talk to in or out of sports. He will join me live next. You will not want to miss that. Plus, is there, are there any further developments on Deshaun Watson? I promise you will hear them here first and immediately. Just getting started. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. You're listening to Greeny on ESPN Radio. I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Again, breaking news in just the last half hour or so, Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. So the ball is in their court. This the day after they just hired their new coach last night, David Culley. So welcome to Houston, coach. Here's what you're inheriting. Uh, We will have much more coverage of that as we go, but I am delighted now. When we set aside these segments on this new radio show of mine where I had plenty of time to really dive into stuff, this is one of the people I had in mind because you need a lot of time to to talk about sports and much more with one of the most interesting people you could ever meet. Mark Cuban, uh, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, is with me on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Mark Cuban. Morning, Greeny. How are you? Oh, I'm great. And it, it is great to catch up with you. And I have 8 million things in the hopper I want to get to. But, but I actually, I, I'm thinking of this now. And so let me, let me start with this. On the uh-huh. TV show this morning, we started talking about how the NFL is suddenly seeing players taking control of their futures in a way they've never really done before. And everyone keeps referring to it as in the way NBA players do. So let me ask you, as one whose tenure as an owner has sort of spanned the entirety of this era where players have had this kind of control, how do you think it has affected the league for better or for worse? And and that might give us some insight into what we can expect it to look like as, as it happens in football. Oh, it's a thousand times better. I mean, we live in a social media era, and that's really what's changed branding and marketing and selling throughout my tenure. You know, it used to be very much top-down when I first got into the NBA, driven by traditional media, lots of gatekeepers, and, you know, the NBA and myself or the Mavs, you know, really had to work those channels to to do it in the old-school way, um, even with the Internet in place. And now with social media, the players are the brands, and they've become very visible. And on top of that, with gaming, NBA 2K in particular, you know, fans connect to players first. They, you know, and with the NBA in 2K, with, with social media in 2K with the NBA, 
you know, kids know every player on the roster. You know, they, they know them by sight. They know their social media accounts, and they follow them closely. And that helps us market, help us, helps us brand, and helps us sell the NBA considerably. And, and it's what the NFL is missing. You know, I'm, I'm a Cowboys and Steelers fan, and by sight, I could probably pick out two players from each squad in a lineup. The rest I wouldn't know if I saw them. They could walk by me on the street, and I wouldn't know. And that that's a real negative for the NFL. Let me ask you this, because I, I think that so much of what you're saying is exactly right. My son is 18 years old. He's a crazy basketball fan, but he doesn't root for a team. He roots yep. for individual players, sort of wherever they go. You're telling me that in the big picture, that is a positive thing for the league. The, the, there was a time in my life where I might have said, Fans losing their allegiance to teams, as I grew up with, would be a negative thing. You're telling me it's a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, kids are coming into college with hundreds of thousands of social media followers mm-hmm. and getting to the NBA because it's the better players getting there with millions of social media followers. You know, there are, there are kids watching overtime and, you know, um, Ball is Life and all these different social media accounts on you know NBA memes on a minute by minute basis they're on TikTok my 11 year old son my 14 year old daughter both are on TikTok continuously and that's their flow of information you know when you and I were growing up you sat and you watched your favorite team with your parents or your family and you went to the games and every family had a team that they rooted for and you, you know you know depending on how long you lived in that city it might have been generations you were rooting for that mm-hmm. for that team Now it's completely different. I mean, getting your kids to sit and watch TV with you, even me watching a Mavs game is an accomplishment. And so it's just the way media is consumed these days and better to be part of it and having a a very strong connection with those fans than to not be. Fascinating. Mark Cuban with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Uh, Let me get to some of the things I had originally planned. What is it like trying to have a basketball season, Mark, during a pandemic? Hard. Hard. I mean, it's mentally and emotionally exhausting for the players and all the staff involved. You know, I just got a notice today. I'm part of the tier one, one of the 45 people that can go and travel um, with the teams. And um, and I haven't been able to because my daughter had been exposed to somebody with COVID and I had to quarantine. And we just got new rules saying that in order to continue to do so, not only do I have to continue to get tested every day, which I'm going to do the minute we hang up here, but I have to home quarantine um, continuously except to go to games and, and Mavs events for the next two weeks. And now I can handle it. I, you know, it's, I've got my family here. My kids aren't going to school. Um, and so it's actually not bad for me. But imagine that you're a single NBA player and on the road, you basically can't leave your hotel room except for team functions, including games. Um, and at home, you have to quarantine continuously. That That's hard. And it's something that not just NBA players, but a lot of Americans are going through across the country. And it's emotionally um, draining and it's just psychologically taxing. It's, it's just really, really difficult for, for everybody involved right now. For sure. And, and so people will ask me sometimes if they if they see me on the street or something can they go back to a bubble situation which worked so brilliantly i thought and and the accomplishment of it that you guys had over the end of the summer and the fall was just incredible well they'll say greeny can they go back to a bubble what what is the right answer to that well you know there's so much uncertainty so you know we talked about it but then you know as we got into starting up this season we weren't 
in that second um, wave of cases yet. And so maybe if we knew then what we knew, what we know now, it might have been different. But given where we are um, and case numbers are starting to go down again um, and we're getting the vaccine and that hopefully will will amp, ramp up in terms of people receiving the vaccine, I don't think we'll need to go back to the bubble. That's not to say we won't have more game cancellations. That's not to say there won't be a lot of changes that will be implemented, you know, not only for the second half of the season when we release that schedule, but even potentially for the playoffs and the way they're determined. Because, you know, there's there's just a lack of fairness in the overall schedule right now. You have some teams that haven't played for weeks, um, and that's going to hurt them. You have other teams that, you know, like us, we had four guys sick, five guys out, um, but we didn't have enough guys out to have our games postponed. And so we, we were playing significantly shorthanded, which made it tougher on the guys who are playing, which impacts our record. And there's other teams. I mean, look at Miami and others, you know, that are in the exact same position. And so you're getting um, win-loss records that are skewed by, by health reasons that aren't traditional basketball health issues. And so I think the challenge isn't so much bubble versus non-bubble, but what adjustments will we make when we define our second half schedule and look at, you know, potentially um, evolving, you know, evolving is not the right word, but, you know, updating how we approach the playoffs. Cause I, and I guess the, to paraphrase what Adam says all the time is everything's on the table. It'll be fascinating to watch, and obviously we're all hoping things will start getting better reasonably quickly, and, and maybe, as you say, some of these problems will kind of take care of themselves from a basketball standpoint. Mark Cuban is with us here on ESPN Radio. Uh, let me ask you a couple more basketball things, and then I have sure. a few other things I want to get to. Luka Doncic had 30 last night. He's averaging 27, 9, and 9, and I just want to remind everyone he is 21 years well, old. That's only good for tomorrow. He's 22 tomorrow. He's 20, oh, tomorrow's his birthday. Okay, I looked. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow, yeah. I looked it up. So I'm very glad we had this conversation today because it sounds more effective when I say he's 21 years old. But either way, tell, tell me about him. Like, what, what, what are he's we seeing kid, in this man. kid? He's such a good guy. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that come in the league with talent and um, the ability to play. But, and there's guys who say they want to be the best, but the, the guys who become the best are the ones that – you know, set goals for themselves and do whatever it takes to achieve those goals. And that's Luca um, on the court. You know, after his rookie season, I said, well, Luca, what are you going to add to your um, game off season? He said, Mark, I need to do a better job finishing with my left hand. And he went from being an awful finisher his rookie year to being top five finishing around the basket. Then I said that after this, after the bubble, I said, what are you going to add this year? He goes, my mid range. Cause I need a counter when I go to drive, you know, and, and I stopped, um, you know, I'm okay finisher, but I don't have a counter to come back to. Um, and when I say mid-range, not a 16 or 19 foot shot, but you know, a, a just outside the paint and, and mid-range. And now his mid-range is is money continuously, and he, he he's become one of the best there. And that is who Luca is on the court and off the court. Man, the kid's got a heart of gold. And there's just nothing he won't do for others. There's not a kid he won't stop for. There's not, you know, a hospital he won't visit. There's not, you know, an autograph he won't sign. And that's just that the specialness that comes with greatness. And, you know, a lot of people talk it, but he walks it. And, and that's just who Luka Doncic is. Right, the comparisons people will make to Dirk uh, makes some sense, even though the games are totally different because they're both foreign bond players and they're both sure. on your team starting very young. How are they similar and different in your experience at this stage? 
they both want to be great is the similarity. They, I mean, the, the, the reason I asked Luca that question about what he's going to do is because that's exactly what I would talk to Dirk about every summer, and Dirk put in the work um, as well. That's the similarity. Everything else, they're different. Dirk was really reserved. He had challenges with the language when he first came to Dallas. He was, he was uncertain of himself and put all of his efforts into basketball, and, and it took him a long time to, to really you know, blossom as, as an individual, as a man. Um, Luca just has, you know, he's, he's used to being the man. He's used to being the center of attention and he's adjusted. He adjusted to that early and, and their games are so completely different. You really can't compare them at all. Mark Cuban is with me here on ESPN radio. So much basketball to talk about, but it would be a waste of this opportunity if I didn't ask you about a lot of other things that I think are of interest to everyone and are more important because you're such an insightful person when it comes to this stuff. So let, let me ask you this. We are all so eager to come out of this pandemic. Well, let me ask you, forgetting basketball, in a bigger sense, what does it look like when we do? What does the world look like when we come out the other side of this, whatever and whenever that is? I got to tell you, just at a base level, the snapback is going to be incredible. (laughs) The minute we all feel confident that we can go outside without being terrified that either we're going to get sick or we're going to convey somebody, you know, or somebody we're with is going to get sick, I think the the spirit that we have in this country is going to be amazing. And look, I'm very, very positive about the vaccine. Anybody out there who's thinking twice about getting it, change your mind right now. Um, get the vaccine if it's offered to you. If you're qualified for it, sign up. You know, if you don't have enough information, get online and find it or call your doctor and get it um, because it's, it's important and it works and I can't wait to get mine. Um, but at the same time, once that happens, I think just the, the relief and the reduction in anxiety is going to really allow, really allow people to engage and have fun. Um, and you know what I'm hoping for? If there's an Olympics that's played mm. um, this summer, can you imagine if one of our teams is an underdog, an American team is an underdog, and goes on a run in the Olympics, and we're actually allowed to go into sports bars or go into public venues and watch together, mm. the camaraderie and the togetherness that will you know, erupt from that? I mean, it'll be insane. And, and I really think that's what's going to happen. And, and by September, when, when kids are getting back on campus and, and you know, people are, are starting to really feel normal, you're, you're going to see full arenas for concerts. And, and hopefully before that, hopefully we'll have enough folks that have been vaccinated that we'll be able to start you know, putting people in, in, in numbers into our arena. We're already with the Mavs working with the local hospitals so that once the hospitals are able to to confirm that their employees have been vaccinated twice plus the 14-day waiting period before everything kicks into work on the vaccine, then, you know, and they can identify those folks to us, we're going to open up the arena to allow them all in, right? We won't, we won't charge them. You know, we're, they'll be the first fans to come back mm. um, to Mavs games. And I think, you know, setting that precedent and growing from there, I think we'll We'll start creating some momentum that we really need. That's terrific. And that's a a wonderful gesture, obviously. I fully share and support your message uh, and echo it as far as getting the vaccine. I will most certainly get it as soon as I possibly can. So will my family. And I certainly would advise everyone to do it. Let me ask you this. Sports. Uh What does the fan experience for the NBA look like 10 years from now? Um, That's a great question. I think... There'll be a lot less friction in terms of transactions, 
you know, you'll walk in, and I know people are down on facial recognition right now, but I think that evolves to be a lot safer from a security and privacy perspective. And so we'll greet you and say, hey, Greeny, what's up? Do you want your normal whatever delivered to your seat? Um, I think that there will be a lot more um, interaction in terms of what you can see on the court. You know, we'll have um, hologramic-type presentation that'll go, you know, not during the game because you don't want to interrupt play and divert people's attention during actual gameplay, but in any downtime, things that are just outrageous. And But I think the biggest change will come from presentation um, on on for streaming media, right, or even to a lesser extent, linear TV, any type of digital presentation that we used to call, you know, television. Um, I think in 10 years, you'll have options in how you watch it. And it won't just be like, well, we'll have, you know, Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson on one stream, and then we'll have Ninja, you know, <laughs> of Fortnite fame on another stream, and then we'll have the local kids, you know, because bandwidth is, will be pretty much open and available. You know, you could have 100 different versions of live games. But I think even more to that, we'll start to see different types of live game presentation that may look more like what TikTok looks like today. So that, you know, young kids today, like my 11-year-old son, my 14-year-old daughter, their alternative to boredom is being on TikTok. You and I grew up turning on the TV mm-hmm. and 500 channels and nothing on. With TikTok, because of the way it uses AI, it learns what the user likes. And if you like basketball, like for me, when I get on TikTok, my son, when he gets on TikTok, it's a you know, 90% stream of basketball highlights. And we'll learn from that in how we present the game so that even a live game, you might see 80% of possessions or 60% of the possessions or 100% of the possessions in a TikTok-like continuity just because that's how you like to consume it. And using artificial intelligence, it'll learn how you like to consume um, live games. And if you miss the live games, it'll learn how you like to consume them, you know, almost like the old school Notre Dame um, presentations on TV. Yeah. We move forward into the third quarter, right? right? And <laughs> we'll just put that in a TikTok-like um, presentation. I think that's what it's going to look like going forward. That's going to be fascinating, and I know you'll be in the middle of all of it. I so appreciate all this time. <laughs> I, got, I got one more for you. One more thing. Sure. I, I do this thing. Just going to sit back and have a little story time. Tell me a story. <laughs> I do a feature called Tell Me a Story, and, and you, I loved David Stern, the late great yep. commissioner, and I loved your relationship with him. Tell me a story about a time David Stern was just unimaginably mad at you. Oh my God. So many times. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the first couple times he fined me because he couldn't understand why I was so upset about the officiating. Um, And there was, you know, there was a lot of ties, but you know, one of the first times I got fined was right when I first bought the team, we were in Minnesota at a game, and I wanted to send a message to all of our our staff there that, you know, just call me Mark. I'm not a traditional NBA owner. I want you to be able to have a personal relationship with me. So, you know, there's the equipment guys and the trainers that sit on the floor by the bench, and they run and pick up the towels and everything. Mm -hmm. And so I sat there with them, and I went and picked up the towels and hung out with them so I could talk to them during the entire game. And they fined me, I think it was $250,000 for conduct unbecoming an owner because all the other owners complained. And he got really mad at me because, you know, not because I wasn't fitting in because he didn't expect that, but because he was getting yelled at by all the other owners because they hated what I was doing. And he was mad at me because, you know, 
I, I didn't understand all the grief he was going to have to take because of me. He was something else. And, and you know, I loved that relationship because clearly it started with all of that, with him finding you constantly and the two of you feeding yeah. constantly. But I could tell you got, you grew to love each other, didn't you? I mean, by the end, oh, you grew yeah. to love each other. You know, one of the it's funny because there was a picture of us where um, I had a suit on for some reason and I had to go into his office and he, 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 we took two pictures, one of him, you know, spritzing up my suit and, and straightening my tie, and the other with um, him giving me a, a big hug, and we're cheek-to-cheek smiling at the camera. And, you know, just the idea that we got that close. And, you know, I miss him every day. He, he was a spectacular human being. Like everybody, you know, we all have our faults, but... David just had the the biggest heart, and, and I owe him so much. Yeah, I'm with you, and he was a brilliant man. Mark, listen, yep. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all this time. It is wonderful to catch up. Please stay healthy, and let's do this again sometime down the road. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. You got it, Greeny, and congrats on the show. All right, thank you, my friend. That's, that's Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. He was on the Goodyear Hotline again. I just find him to be an extraordinarily interesting person. He's very smart and and. You know, he was he was ahead of the curve like three curves ago. And so I'm always interested to see what he thinks the next curve is going to be. So that's that situation. Obviously, our breaking news from this morning. And I will spend most of the rest of the show talking about this. Adam Schefter reporting right as we were finishing Get Up. So like six minutes before I came on the radio with you here. um, Adam Schefter reporting that Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade. And the Texans hired their new coach last night. His name is David Culley. He's not one of the names that you've heard a million times. And there has been almost no discussion of their hiring of him. There has been almost no discussion of the fact that during a hiring cycle where there has been so much consternation about the lack of minority coaches getting jobs that they hire a black head coach in this case because everyone immediately goes to, well, will this have any impact on Deshaun Watson's plans? And the reaction we get instantaneously, practically instantly, is no, it will not. Deshaun wants out of Houston. So in a moment, I have a list... A list has been compiled of the likeliest landing spots for Deshaun Watson. There were some very interesting ones, quite a few on it that you've not yet considered. We will go through those in a moment. We'll get the latest from our insiders. Deshaun Watson's going to be on the move, beginning the quarterback carousel. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement... 
Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you and the very latest on the developing story. Breaking news this morning from Adam Schefter that Deshaun Watson has requested a trade from the Houston Texans. The first big player on the quarterback carousel has officially jumped on and is now on that horse and is sort of going around and around in circles. And the biggest question in the sport is where will he ultimately get off? And I have insight into that exactly 30 seconds away. 30 seconds for Straight Talk Wireless. It's time for some Straight Talk. Look, we all drop our phones. It happens. You fumble it, crack it, splash it. Well, Straight Talk Wireless now offers this new Platinum Unlimited plan. Includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month, you get unlimited talk and text and data plus 20 gigs of hotspot and 100 gigs of cloud storage and more, all on the best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See Mobile Protect terms and conditions at Ashurion.com slash Straight Talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. The Scoop. Let me give you the scoop, okay? Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston, and it isn't for football reasons. I did this whole essay right at the end of the season about why Deshaun Watson might be so disgusted with the Texans from a football standpoint. And all of that made sense. But that stuff feels like you could fix it. Let me refresh your memory on some of the football reasons why Deshaun Watson might have been so disgusted in Houston. Let's start with just how good he was this season. In the entire history of pro football, There are four quarterbacks who in any season completed 70% of their passes at eight and a half yards per attempt. Those quarterbacks are Joe Montana, Steve Young, and Drew Brees, who each did it once. And in all three of those seasons, their teams won the Super Bowl. Watson just became the fourth. His team went four and 12. It's impossible, but it's true. How did it happen? Well, first off, they couldn't run the ball at all. Their running backs had the fewest rushing yards in the league, and their defense was unimaginably terrible. Over the 15 years that ESPN has been tracking defensive efficiency, this year's Texans were the 478th ranked defense out of 480. That is why the franchise legend J.J. Watt apologized to Watson after their last game. Remember, this is also the team that traded away DeAndre Hopkins, who was first-team All-Pro three straight seasons with Watson, went to Arizona and caught 115 balls this year. And now the Texans have very little opportunity to add talent. They don't draft till the third round as of now this spring because they traded two ones and a two to Miami for Laramie Tunsil. And Andre Johnson, the franchise's other legend, who never says anything, who hadn't tweeted in two years anything that wasn't an advertisement for something, tweeted warnings at Deshaun to get out of the franchise, to get out of Houston. So those are some of the football reasons he would want out. But it has become evident because football things are cyclical. They come and go. 
with a quarterback that good and one or two good people involved in the organization, you could solve some of those problems reasonably quickly. Teams go from bad to good fast in that sport. What it seems cannot be overcome are the deep-seated, deep-rooted issues at the top of the organization. I don't know the details of those, but their names are Cal McNair and Jack Easterby. Those are the reasons that not only does Deshaun Watson want nothing to do with the organization, but I think there is a level to which they have become toxic that I've not witnessed before in pro football. I've never seen people around the sport shying away. I have to refresh my memory if there's something I'm forgetting, but I don't remember a time where it felt quite this radioactive with any team. So this is something to keep a close eye on. It is a major problem. Now, that said, they're going to wind up having to trade him. That It feels to me as a foregone conclusion. I talked this morning on TV about the option of just forcing him to retire by not trading him, but I don't think that's what they'll do. So in the event that they do wind up trading him, Bill Barnwell put together a piece on ESPN.com of the best trade packages, the the most likely options based upon what the Texans might get in return, bearing in mind that Deshaun, because of his no-trade clause, does have some control over the circumstance. Not total control. He's not a free agent, but he has some control. Number one on Bill Barnwell's list... Number one. ...is Miami. The Dolphins could send the third pick in the draft, the 36th pick in the draft, the 113th pick in the draft this year, plus a first-rounder next year and another number four, plus Tua Tunga-Vailoa in this trade. This would send the Texans would send Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins. This would be a three-way deal he's presenting with the Chicago Bears. The Bears would send their 20th overall pick to the Texans, plus a few more picks, and the Bears would get Tua. So the trade he's laying out here is that the Texans would ultimately get two ones this year, plus more picks this year, plus another one next year. That's what the Texans would get in this deal. The the Dolphins would get Watson. The Bears would get Tua. It's a three-way trade. Now, if you're listening to me in Chicago, I'd be curious to know. I know you want Deshaun. Anyone would want Deshaun. Do you want Tua? How excited are people about Tua? If the Texans are excited about Tua, then you could make that trade and not have to involve a third team. So that feels like one to keep an eye on. At number two, number two, Barnwell lists the Carolina Panthers based upon what they could give up, and that would include Teddy Bridgewater who is a good, serviceable, and still young quarterback who no one ever seems to get very excited about, but he's a good player. At number three, he lists the San Francisco 49ers as part of a three-way trade that would include the Jets. The 49ers would send a whole bunch of draft picks to the Texans. They would send Jimmy Garoppolo to the Jets. The Jets would send Sam Darnold to Houston and the Texans would get Deshaun. We've gotten very convoluted and very confusing here on these deals. 
But this is the kind of thing Barnwell is projecting could happen. At number four, he's got the Broncos. At number five, he's got the Patriots. Wouldn't that just be like Bill to find a way to get Deshaun in all of this? At number six, he's got the Washington football team. And at seven, he has the Jets just making a direct trade for Deshaun Watson. Again, a lot of this is going to come down to where Deshaun wants to go and what he's interested in. Greeny reminding you, you can check out Marvel Studios' WandaVision, an original series now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. We'll continue with the very latest on this. Again, the first shoe has fallen in the quarterback carousel. Deshaun Watson has asked for a trade. We will also have today's green list, the best Super Bowl halftime shows on the way. ESPN Radio.